Welcome to Mammoth Community Christian Church. It's wonderful to worship the Lord with you today. Well, this morning it's a very special service because it's one of those days we get to hear from one of our other pastors. And so we welcome Pastor David Har, our Chinese pastor, to share God's word with us. Welcome, Pastor David. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Um, good morning, brothers, sisters, and friends. Uh, let me first wish everybody a wonderful, blessed um, Christmas season. Uh, our passage for this morning is coming from uh, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let me read this passage. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zechariah of the, of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it came about, while he was performing his priestly service before God, in the appointed order of his division, According to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter uh, the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. Let's pray together. Oh dear Heavenly Father, indeed we give thanks to you because you are the source of all our blessings in life. Thank you God for sending your only begotten Son Jesus into this world 2,000 years ago so that we by faith in Christ that we can become your children, that we have uh, everlasting life. Thank you, Lord, for this time. May your spirit uh, anoint um, me, myself, so that I can share and preach your word um, clearly, so that uh, all the brothers, sisters, and friends, that we will be benefited from this uh, message from above. Thank you, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we all know that... Uh, 
time passes by so quickly. I, I'm so glad, um, I mean, you'll miss uh, to preach his word again. And um, as uh, this year uh, comes to an end, we want to give thanks to God. Uh, why so? Uh, uh, in this land of liberty, uh, we can still enjoy God's um, uh, manifold blessings, uh, especially our uh, freedom of speech and also our freedom of religion. But yet uh, in the news, uh, you recall in certain parts of the world, um, common people, they continue to suffer daily. Uh, in fact, um, their heartfelt feelings, whether in colorful words or um, in other means, they are truly disheartening because they suffer so much in these difficult times, not only from the pandemic, but also from the war and um, other brutalities. So in this age of darkness, people everywhere have been asking the same old question. They're asking, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Now this month, as we celebrate the birth of Lord Jesus, let us also reflect upon um, the period between the uh, Old and New Testaments. During that age of darkness, if you recall, um, the Israelites were under uh, the oppressive rule for, from uh, other foreign nations. And yet, the Lord remained silent, uh, not just for 10 years or 20 years, but for 400 years. God was silent during that time. And there was no angelic appearance. There was no prophetic revelations. Just pure silence. Even the enemies of the Israelites would ridicule them by saying, where is your God? Where is your God? So let's imagine how did God's chosen people fall into such miserable state? In short, it was because they have forsaken God time after time. They were no longer in awe of God's greatness, nor did they care too much about God's truth. Rather, they simply ate, drank, slept, and played all day long. Business as usual. So no wonder, uh, as you see in the last book of the Old Testament, God sent the prophet uh, Malachi to rebuke his people severely, especially those priests, for their sins of commission and omission. Yet, all through that time, the Israelites remained stubborn and they continued to ignore God's warning. So God decided not to communicate with them anymore. Nevertheless, during that period of deep silence, the Lord had, uh, had never forgotten his people, nor the Abrahamic covenant that he has made uh, before. So in fact, as you can see, God's redemption plan was slowly migrating, progressing from the age of law to the age of grace, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Now, during all that process, God had already prepared an elderly couple. Uh, their names are Zechariah and also Elizabeth. 
they became the pioneers of these end times. And their lives also became a powerful testimony for the Lord and for His Son, Jesus. So let us look at this passage this morning and learn from this ordinary couple three important uh, spiritual lessons. Now, first of all, Christians ought to be a living testimony for God, to be righteous in our character. When we look at Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. Now back in 37 BC, Herod was named the king of Judea by the Roman emperor. This Herod, uh, he was uh, pretty cruel uh, as a person. Uh, he's better known as uh, Herod the Great. Um, he's so cruel in the sense that uh, when Jesus was born, he was troubled by his birth. So he killed all the boys under the age of two uh, within the vicinity of uh, Bethlehem. Now in verse 6, it says, Zechariah and his wife, they were both righteous before God. We notice that the word righteous does not mean that they were perfect or sinless. Rather, they were just blameless before God, having obeyed every commandment and statute. So the word righteousness can also be expressed with three words, law, grace, and also obedience. Now, what do they mean? First of all, the standard of righteousness is not man's law, but God's laws. It demands perfect obedience from us. But due to sin, no man can ever be justified by God's law. Now, second, the empowerment of righteousness is by God's grace. For man can only be justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Only then can he pursue sanctification. And then you have the practice of righteousness. It is through man's obedience. When he trusts and obeys God's salvation work, then he can truly be a living testimony for Jesus Christ. Now, so brothers and sisters, indeed, it is all God's grace that you and I have been justified through our faith in Jesus. So how could we ever repay our Savior. When we look at Psalm 116, verse 13, it says, I shall, I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. This is how we can repay our Lord, is to, to magnify Him, to share the gospel about Jesus. In other words, let us exalt the Lord and proclaim this gospel every day. Now, Zechariah and his wife, they were both righteous and pleasing before God. However, they were also despised and even bad-mouthed before man. You might ask, why so? Why so? Verse 7 explains. It says, but they had no child, 
because Elizabeth was barren and both of them were advanced in years. So if we know about the history, the background of the Jews, to the Jews, children are God's blessings. Both parents are joyful when they receive a son or a daughter. As Psalm chapter 127, verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. But the problem is, people often look down on those people who are, uh, have deficiencies. For example, when a couple is childless, one might wonder, um, did this couple uh, sin against God and God is uh, disciplining them? So therefore, at that time, infertility was an unspoken form of shame. And the pain of Zechariah was even more so because he needed to serve God while under the public eye. So that's human nature, to look down on people who are deficient in some sense. Now, if you recall, uh, in a recent World Cup match, uh, actually the final is happening uh, this morning uh, in Qatar. Uh, there was a particular match where um, this German player, Antonio Rudiger, and also another player, Japanese player, his name is um, Takuma Asano. They were both chasing after the ball. And all of a sudden, uh, this uh, Rudiger suddenly changed his um, running style. He started uh, kicking his legs uh, high. And he seems, he seems to be making fun of Asano for running so slow, not able to keep up with him. So many soccer fans, when they saw such a, a thing happening, they, they were critical of Rudiger, and they voiced out uh, saying that this is such immature behavior. How can a professional like Rudiger can do something like this? Now, actually, long ago, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9, God has already stated, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. So give every, to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds, so later on, amazingly, in that same game, to the surprise of many, it was the same player, Asano, who scored a winning goal for Japan. And that news impacted the whole world. Uh, all the soccer fans were amazed. Indeed, as you can see uh, in this situation, God is good. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So over the years, Zechariah and his wife have been praying earnestly for a child. And although God did not answer their prayers at the time, they did not grumble against God nor forsake Him. Rather, they continued to pursue righteousness. One may wonder, why did they do so? How can they keep on serving God who doesn't answer prayers? Because the reason is they love God himself more than his grace. 
So brothers and sisters, our world is full of idols and temptations. Let us self-reflect and ask ourselves this morning, do I love the law more than these things? These things might be our own children. Uh, for those of you who are younger, your grades, you might be looking for elite colleges or just someone maybe playing video games. Are uh, these things attract our attention more than God himself? So rather, let us focus on being a living testimony for God, such that to be righteous in our character. For only God himself is eternal and the tr true source of all our blessings. Now the second point is this, is Christians ought to be a testimony for God to be faithful in our ministry, which includes two types the first type is ordinary ministries, our mundane, everyday type of serving for God. Now in verse 8, it says, Zacharias was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. Now the term division refers to how those priests take their turn to serve in the temple. According to 1 Chronicles chapter 24. From the time of King David, the priests, they were divided into 24 divisions. For among the sons of Aaron, um, there were altogether 24 heads of households. Each division would serve uh, in the temple twice a year, eight days uh, each time from Sabbath to Sabbath. Now, as many of you know, that serving our Lord takes much dedication and hard work, and serving Him faithfully will demand even more so a lifetime of our commitment. So as a priest, Zechariah had to face the following three challenges. What are, their, what, what are his challenges? The first thing is loneliness. Loneliness. As you recall, at the time, his heavenly father, his Master had been silent for how long? For 400 years. Can you imagine the person you serve is silent for such a long time? And then the second challenge is persecution. Zechariah served under the oppressive rule of King Herod. And then the third challenge is humiliation. He was known and even ridiculed for being childless. So in spite of all these challenges, Zechariah strived to serve God faithfully, not only before man, but also before God. Just as in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 to 24 says, Slave, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the award of inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So thanks be to God 
for His gracious, wonderful promise to us servants. When we serve God faithfully, He will remember us, and we will receive that special reward in the future. Now, in this uh, story, um, David Green, um, he is an 80-year-old billionaire, uh, not millionaire, billionaire. And he is also the CEO of Hobby Lobby. Uh, some of you might go to shop in this uh, store now and then. Now, back in 1970, David Green borrowed $600 and opened up his first store in Oklahoma. And today, this company has spread across 47 states with over 900 stores, more than 43,000 employees, and above all, they are still closed on Sunday morning, Sundays actually, for families to worship God. Now recently, David Green announced that he will soon surrender his company's ownership. He will not even hand over this company to his children in fear of causing a negative impact on their lives. Now he explained this way. He said, once I realize that God is the true owner of my business and I'm just his steward, it becomes very easy for me to give up, to surrender my ownership. So today, David Green supports God's work all over the world. And uh, for example, um, some of you might have visited the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. David Green was one of the key donors for this project. So praise our Lord for such a living testimony in our midst. Now, brothers and sisters, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it tells us that today we are servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So these mysteries are actually the gospel revealed by God about salvation for sinners. So we as um, God's stewards of this gospel, we need to serve Him willingly and faithfully to share this gospel uh, to our friends. Now there's a second type of um, ministry. It is called extraordinary ministry. Uh, those that are rare. In those days, uh, a priest would be chosen uh, by lot to enter into the holy place and burn incense. As in the case of Zechariah, one day he was chosen by lot. Now at the time, there was 18,000 priests in Israel and hundreds of them within each division. So therefore, for a priest, uh, it's, it's an extraordinary opportunity if he can be chosen by lot to enter the holy place to serve. It's a lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So from the human point of view, it seems like election by lot seems to be um, a fair, a random process. Uh, some, of, some of us might play games you know, using a dice or something like that. Now, however, in reality, its results are not a coincidence nor fate. It turns out that God's sovereign election was behind this method. As in um, Proverbs 
chapter, uh, verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 33, it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. For such election is by God's grace, and it does not depend on our good deeds or merit. So in fact, God's election was set before creation, before time, but its fulfillment is in one's lifetime. So throughout the Bible, if you recall, God has chosen certain people to carry out his special, extraordinary type of ministries. For example, in the Old Testament, we have uh, Moses, Elijah. Uh, in the New Testament, we have John the Baptist and Paul. And there's also a number of women carrying out um, special uh, ministries, like Rahab the harlot, or Ruth the Moabite. Or in the New Testament, Mary the Virgin. They are all special servants of God. So brothers and sisters, it is all God's grace that we are His precious elect, not only to be His children, but also to be His priests. Therefore, we should always be thankful to a God and be humble to a man because it's His calling for us to serve Him in this world. And our life testimony ought to reveal our saving faith, our glorious hope, and also our Christian love. They are all important. Now, according to this diagram, uh, as you can see, the temple was divided into two parts, the holy place and also the most holy place, with a veil between them. In the holy place before the veil, there stood uh, the golden altar of incense. It was facing the mercy seat, which was the place of God's atonement. A priest, a priest um, would enter the holy place as determined by lot, and uh, only the high priest could enter the most holy place before the presence of the Lord once a year on the Day of Atonement. So God's guidance is very specific. Now, according to Exodus chapter 30, verse 7, one of the priests of uh, responsibilities in the holy place was to ensure that the incense on the altar of um, incense burned day and night. So Zechariah was pretty faithful uh, given this opportunity to serve. For each day at the hour of incense offering, he would come into the holy place to perform his duty. While the whole multitude of people were outside in prayers. So brothers and sisters, whether it is ordinary ministry or extraordinary ministries, whether we are just lay believers or gifted evangelists, we ought to be faithful to the end, regardless of the degree of responsibility. For life on earth is so temporary, we should cherish every opportunity to serve, to glorify God, and also to edify men. So the third point is this. Christians ought to be a living uh, testimony for God as we mature in spirit, despite of a lot of challenges in our lives. Now, although Zechariah, he was uh, righteous uh, before God, yet he has many shortcomings, just like you and me. 
But thanks be to God, whose mercy and grace sustained Zechariah as he overcame the following shortcomings. From his fear to his fellowship with God. That's one of the challenges that he overcome. While Zechariah was burning um, incense in the holy place, in verse um, 11 it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. If you were Zechariah at the time, how would you react? How would you feel? Suddenly you see someone standing there. Um, Zechariah, he he was troubled, uh, as the Bible recorded. When he saw this angel, fear gripped him. There are three reasons he got scared. They are pretty obvious. In those days, angels had not been seen for more than 500 years. It's been a long, long time angels appear in this world. And then the second reason is Zechariah entered the temple alone. He did not expect someone else inside the temple. And then the third reason is this angel Gabriel, uh, his appearance before Zechariah was indeed quite sudden. Uh, he did not even walk into the temple. He just um, showed up, uh, appeared right before Zechariah. And yet, there was one more reason why Zechariah was frightened. For when an unclean man encountered a holy angel, it was very natural for him to be fearful. For example, uh, in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 22, you recall another incident. When Gideon saw the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. So he was so fearful. And then in Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 5, when the prophet saw God, he also said, Oh, woe to me, for I am ruined, because I am a, a man of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. However, it is quite different in the New Testament nowadays. Why so? Because for you and me, as Christians, we believe in Jesus. All our sins have been forgiven. We are justified in Christ. Therefore, we could always fellowship with our God anytime and any place. Just as uh, Hebrew chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in times of need. So brothers and sisters, in these end times, with Christ in us, what else are you fearful of? Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Paul says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sore? And in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it also says, If God is for us, who can be against us? So may God's comforting words strengthen us, each of us, to be a life testimony for him. And then Zechariah overcame another challenge, which is 
from unbelief to trust. In verse 13, Gabriel said to Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son very soon, and you will give him the name John. Now, in, chap- in the same chapter, verse 14 through 17, Gabriel described the full life and mission of John the Baptist. This is such a wonderful news for Zechariah, the father. Now, um, this also reminds us a similar story uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. God said to Jeremiah uh, directly, he said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Therefore, as you can see from this uh, illustration, before a baby is conceived in the womb, his creator already has a plan for him. Just as you and me. God has a plan for you and me today. So indeed, each and every life is precious in the sight of God. And especially in this um, year, 2022, it's a very special year. We should give thanks to God for this uh, year. Why so? Uh, because uh, back in, uh, on June 24th, our Supreme Court justices, with a vote of um, six to three, finally overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade case, ending 50 years of um, constitutional protection of abortion rights. So as a result of this ruling, countless fetuses will now have the opportunity to be born alive and fulfill the mission entrusted to them by God. Now Zechariah, upon seeing the angel with his own eyes and also hearing the good news from the angel with his own ears, yet he does not, did not believe in the angel at the time. He questioned, why? Why did Zechariah question the angel? Because this Zechariah had, became, has, had become um, tired and weak spiritually. Even though Zechariah served God so faithfully, he, um, he had lost faith in the Lord. For he had stopped praying to God for a child a long time ago. So therefore, he had um, asked the angel for a miracle as proof. And in verse 18, he said, How shall I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is also advancing years. So brothers and, brothers and sisters, let me ask you, what is the state of your spiritual life today? Is it similar to that of Zechariah? Now, he has the appearance of godliness before man, and yet he had little faith in his Lord. So let us remember that our prayers are by no means speaking into thin air. For God not only hears our prayers, but also remembers them. And even years later, God remembers. And He will surely answer our prayers according to His master plan. So in verse 19 and 20, 
the angel responded to Zechariah. He said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in the proper time. So by becoming dumb, um, this Zechariah received the proof that he had asked for. And yet in his heart, he rejoiced, knowing that God had disciplined him out of love. And during the next nine months, he also experienced God's gracious miracle within his wife's womb. As a result, his trust in God continued to grow through such discipline and grace. And later on, upon the birth of his son, John, Zechariah was willing, ready, and able to be a true living testimony for God, even till this very day. So brothers and sisters, have you been disciplined by God lately? If so, is your heart filled with joy? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 says, For those whom God loves, the Lord loves, He disciplines. So therefore, let us be thankful to God always, whether we are in discipline or in grace. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, indeed, we give thanks to you for the fine example of Zechariah. He is righteous before God and before man, and yet he has challenges that he was able to overcome by your grace and by your discipline. May we also uh, learn how to be um, your faithful servant in these difficult times. Thank you, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.